Welcome to our campaign! Set in the galvanizing world of Electroval. Join us for an adventure full of noir intrigue and electrifying spectacle. See the description below for ways that you can stay informed on the latest episode of the series, as well as any other content featured on Dice Carnival. Today's episode is brought to you by C4 Labs, makers of amazing board game and RPG accessories, including dice towers, dice trays, and trading card deck boxes. Great as gifts, or just for yourself, and with free shipping in the US. I've been using their walnut dice coasters at my table for a year, and I can tell you they are unmatched. You can find their laser-crafted products at c4labs.com. Once again, that is c4labs.com. Link is in the description. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave a good rating if you enjoy the episode. Without further ado, let's begin! Hello! Welcome to Electroval. I will be your host for this new campaign set in a fascinating world of electric intrigue and dark mystery, with plenty of adventure to be found in every alley. Today I am joined with Misha, Ben, Greg, and Ariel, as they will be playing in this campaign. As we begin, is everyone feeling good? Yeah. I'm vibing. I'm a little tense. In that case, I think that we should alleviate the tension by jumping right into it. <clears throat> we begin in a far-off, fantastic world. We pan through thick, tempestuous clouds towards the fields of green wild grass. Ancient cairns gather in moss and vines like history that predate the oldest that this world knows. A warm sunset breeze blows a dandelion across the world. And as the grasses below grow tanner and more fraught, as the black earth turns to dried, cracked mud, we come to the horizon of massive ruins, subtly varied rectangular monoliths, some a hundred feet tall, lean in a similar direction like petrified trees after a volcanic eruption. What limited vision we can get of this once great civilization pans us to see a thick sandstorm billowing through the petrified rows of buildings. The gales of sand whisk up from the dead street, blowing us and our fellow dandelion seed upwards towards the dark gray clouds that crackle and roar. Rain pellets begin to fall as we dance deftly between them. Before an ionizing bolt can be seen as if in slow motion crackling towards the dandelion seed like a metal umbrella before rapidly hooking itself to the right as we see a large ship loom into frame. The ship is not one built for sea, but for the currents of air. A massive patchwork balloon granting it buoyancy on the air currents. And like spiked rivets, another bolt of lightning can be seen having danced across the raindrops and striking the ship 
seeming to be bottled within a rusty, dusted glass mason jar. We see a figure pick up this jar, and with a toothless smile, this man looks at the crystal canister and laughs a mad, gleeful laugh before he stumbles and finds himself slipping across the edge, barely grabbing a hold of a dangling rope. As the jar of lightning plummets below. He looks up, grateful that he's still hanging on, but a smaller form looms above him, dressed like that of a captain. A female halfling brandishes a long cutlass and looks down, disappointed at him. We pan below as we hear a momentary scream and see a body fly past the camera, attached to a frayed piece of rope. But what does not seem to fall is the jar of lightning. Bolts of lightning seem to be jumping and cracking at it as if trying to break it open. And eventually, one bolt of lightning larger than the rest strikes it, sending it spiraling away from this net of lightning. Lower and lower and lower from the storm that retreats above. Before it lands in a pool of water, a bog, dark, peaceful, only the faintest signs of sunset casting it in orange light. A few dragonflies drift away, settling for the night as the canister sinks slower until it is out of sight and a few bubbles emerge from the swampy water. But returning to us is a dandelion, seed, the same one that had survived the journey before that lands on a nearby mud bank where it comes to rest. That is until a gust of wind turns our camera slightly to the left, away from one sunset and towards the light of another. Piercing into this dark bog is a large city radiating golden light, like that of a million tiny suns. As we float towards, the wind picks up the dandelion that begins to float through the air, around and round and round, as it zooms in towards the metropolis on the swamp. City of Electroval, boardwalks, stretching out from the swamp, converge at a massive tiered city that only vaguely resembles that of a cake. And we see music, laughter, drinking in streets. We see people from all walks of life, from all income classes, of all genders, races, orientations, celebrating. Even the occasional macabre skeleton painted with festive colors and bejeweled diamonds and rhinestones 
walk between them, performing menial tasks at the whims of their master. And as the dandelion approaches but a single building in one of the brightest wards of this city, lands in a gutter, and we can see a neon sign lighting up behind it that reads, The Crocodile's Ball Gown. Above a narrowed street littered with foot traffic, at the edge of the Starlight District, overlooking the spirit ward of the lower city, sits an old building lit by incandescent light bulbs that cast the cobblestone streets in a golden radiance. Among the bustle of the crowds is one man who stands a fair size taller than the rest. Looking upon him, in most worlds, his pale skin and darkened eye sockets would suggest that he had risen from the grave. But as the crowd momentarily parts for a carriage pulled by skeletal horses driven by a calavera dressed in a top hat and high-collar jacket, it becomes clear that both the living and the dead still have a role to play. As pedestrians filter back into place beyond the wagon, the cart that clacks across the stones, the figure looks up at the sign, neon sign that seems to also illustrate a not too cartoonish crocodile wearing a pink dress and a tiara. The creature snakes around the letters and below a marquee like that of a theater. Read signs above that say, Hugo Brassleaf, live in concert, tonight only. But below that is another figure, standing 13 feet above the ground. And the ladder he's standing on, 10 feet tall at best. A halfling man seems to be arranging red letters that read, Sold out. A couple of people bump near the ladder as it kind of precariously wobbles, causing him to almost drop one of the letters. You hear him say, Hey, you hooligans better stop bumping into me. Otherwise, I'm going to come down there and you won't like me when I come down there. Gyanjin, this is you, standing there with a ticket in hand. Obviously a commodity, considering the marquee above. But you were also expecting to see someone else, were you not? Um, <clears throat> uh, where am I supposed to go? I've got a ticket. Um, you, you look below the marquee and there is a sort of flight of stone stairs that seem to descend and a line kind of picking up outside. You see several figures beginning to scatter from that line, looking disappointed, talking about how, you know, they could squeeze a few more in there. Here's a room. They've been wanting to see the show forever. I guess I'll head over that way and see what's up. As you make your way over, you feel a sm hand kind of tap you on the shoulder. 
and you turn around to see a bugbear with a wide cap and carrying a lantern staff behind Jill. Soup, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, oh, uh, hi. Uh, I think Jack, Jack told me to find you. Oh, you know Jack? <clears throat> yeah, 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 I know him from work. Oh, okay, good. Um, yeah, I'm trying to get in. There's something about sold out, but... Well, I mean, we have tickets, so that shouldn't be a problem for us. Okay. I mean, you have both the tickets. Jack told me he gave them to you. Oh, yes, of course. <clears throat> I think I was expecting... You uh, conveniently uh, fold open the ticket and find that it is indeed two stubs. Ah, right. I guess I was expecting Jack to come. <laughs> ah, yeah, nah, nah, it's fine. You can call me Soup, by the way. Um, okay. Uh, I'm Gyendon. Gyendon. You hear a voice. Yeah, I remember that. You uh, hear a voice beside you say, Hmm, mind doing a fellow a favor and passing me that L that just fell down? You see the tiny halfling looking down at the long-armed bugbear. Oh, yeah, total totally. I go to pick it up and I kind of reach up to hand it back to him. Uh, he, 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 he takes it, he leans over and he takes it and begins affixing it and uh, says, Thank you kindly. You going to go see the show tonight? Yeah, yeah. I've I've never I've never really been to many concerts, so it's gonna be a new experience. Looks like this one's popular too. Certainly. Name's Lazar. I'm uh, kind of in charge of maintenance around here. Could Who's you speak be to Randolph? Not so great with names. Oh, uh, Lazar. Lazar. Okay, I'll do my best to remember that. Yeah, I'm kind of in charge of, uh, well, keeping the place from falling apart. And you might hear me uh, telling everyone in there to be quiet when the show starts, but you'll see me around. Well, you definitely have quite the voice for a big speaker. I appreciate that. Uh, I, I got the, the bass for my mother. With that, uh, <laughs> would you like to uh, make your way inside? Gendon, want to come with? Uh, yeah, sure. Alright. Uh, you make your way down the steps, and the line that had accumulated begins to, uh, thin out, as it is obvious that you hear a voice inside saying, I am terribly sorry, but we really don't have any more space. Um, please, if you have a ticket already, if you purchased it advanced, uh, you can most certainly uh, uh, wait in line. We will we will approve it. But please, we do not have any more tickets for sale. We don't have any more box ticket seats. No backstage passes. We are sold out on the ticket counter. And a uh, a crowd of about five more leaves this interior space, leaving a uh, half orc who is standing inside, kind of wearing a sort of carnival style hat and kind of bright red gold and blue sort of uh almost like a ringkeeper's or ringleader's outfit but not not quite as uh fastidious um very much uh looking a little overwhelmed with the size of the crowd that he's having to filter and he stands inside of a ticket booth inside of this interior space uh you can see on all the walls uh 
on all the walls you can see a few gilded frames that show posters of previous artists that have performed at the crocodiles ball gown um some as old as 50 60 years ago you see as well uh several other posters that have just kind of been tacked to the wall that many of them seem ripped and torn and peeled and just layered over each other you're not even sure that this room even has wallpaper it's just more and more previous artists that have toured here over the decades It's nice when a place looks like it's got history. I think we do we do we give do we like hand in our our tickets there? Or do we do we show them there? Sorry, I've, I've never really been. Well, hello, hello. Um, hi. Uh, you 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 next. Do you have a ticket? Uh, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, do you? Do we, we don't have any more tickets. If you're looking to buy. No, no, no. We have tickets. <sighs> he looks genuinely relieved and says, "Certainly, certainly. Let me just uh." Get them processed here, and uh, he he gestures at the two of you to kind of approach the booth. All right. Yeah, we approach. Um, yeah, and you hand the tickets over. He'll start going it over and say, "Sorry about that. My name's uh, my name's Randolph. Um, uh, I'll be a uh, proprietor for the evening. Um, sorry, we don't usually get uh, this much of a crowd. Theater's been uh, a little bit of a down. I'm surprised that we were even able to uh, book Hugo tonight. Big act." Kind of, yeah. Well, we've had some big acts in the past, but uh, that was kind of more during my father's time. So it must be a big thing to get him here tonight. Oh, we got special tickets, Gendon. Really? That's so nice. Seems like it. Seems like uh, these, special your, your tickets will grant you access to the uh, the main floor, the uh, dance floor, as well as the uh, above balcony. Uh, if you wish to purchase... Fancy drinks and accommodations like that uh we do have a uh someone who comes in to serve drinks uh you'll have to deal with her directly though all right but yes uh everything seems to be in order enjoy your show and he kind of gesture gestures to your right his left uh Thank stage you, right and you can hear the sounds and trills of uh between these sort of open doors of this concert venue um as you see a sort of brawny uh human but very like heavy built female human um who's just kind of wearing a pair of uh, shades and uh sleeveless shirt as she just kind of gives you a nod not giving you any trouble as long as you don't give her trouble as you are not bounced all right do you know do you know anything about hugo beyond the fact that he's he's popular like his kind of music or something um not really. I mean, uh -oh. Jack just told me he was the well, it was a big hit of the town right now, and I should come see it and get some of the culture of the city. Yeah, no, he told he told me something similar. Well, I mean, if he if if he intends it to be for a cultural educational purposes, I'm sure we're not taking taking the place of like some hardcore fans or something. No, I don't think so. All right, yeah, we. We, we totally deserve to be here. We're, to we're totally in, in the right place right now. Uh, just calm down. I think we'll make it mean Meanwhile, as we pan away from there, we cut to a man who absolutely feels like he is in the complete wrong place right now. Behind the scenes is two figures and actually two silhouettes behind them. 
One is a tall, very jewelry-studded earth ganasi who seems to be dressing their finest and carrying a sort of clipboard and a piece of charcoal and seems to be writing stuff down. Another one pacing back and forth is a uh, halfling man with uh, hair that is still in its bloom, but with only the faintest bits of grays beginning to poke through, perhaps that of stress. And he seems to be pacing back and forth behind the curtain, Hugo Brassleaf. I can't do it. Can't do it, Jaren. Getting too old for this job. Uh, Hugo. What? How many times do I have to tell you? If we had a choice in this matter, I would be booking you all the way up in the upper part of the city. We'd be going to Stormhold or the Isles, someplace like that. But uh, you're not doing anything new. You're, you're doing the same stuff. If you want to play for the people who like the same stuff, you're looking at them out there. And he kind of peeks beyond the, the, the curtain. And you can see out there are a bunch of individuals dressed dapper, if you will. But many of their clothes have holes in them, their hats, patches. Definitely not the uh, the most uh, well-paid of citizens of the city. This kind of music is what made me. You think I'd give up on it now? I don't. And when you first pitched to me to bring you on as your manager, I appreciated your passion. I in, it was good for a while, but I worry that it just might be over now. We had to let go of Loris and Karma. Speaking of which, I can't figure out how to get these things to work. And he gestures towards the two uh, automatons that you've had to replace your security guards with due to un being unable to pay them. <laughs> Well, what do you expect me to do? Know how to fix them? I play music. You're the one who you're the one who haggled for them. Read the manual. That's true. I can't seem to get this thing online. I'll give it a try, but don't know. I don't know if I can do that with all the, with the performance coming up. I, I need to practice. He just he just shoves a screwdriver and a piece of paper into your hand. I will take care of the stage. Just focus yourself. I don't know if you noticed this, but not all of the crowd is, as you would say, destitute. And he kind of adjusts the curtain, peering out of it a bit. Above, you can see a box office, a sort of box seat, I should say, um, that seems to overarch it. You can see inside is a sort of crystal chandelier um, beyond the windows that they most comfortably stand behind, a table of bright decorated food, decanters of drinks and wine seem to uh, be passed among as you see the elite good book special accommodations to see the show mingle and dine I don't know if you know this but Portsmouth Gilded is rumored to be in attendance tonight Portsmouth Gilded? The Portsmouth Gilded You've got the, to uh, He's not exactly a merchant prince but Many say that he's on route to get there. You were lying. Then I really got to make this show tonight. This may be our last chance. We can't let anything go wrong. 
Nothing will go wrong. Nothing will go wrong. And he'll basically go off to start um, consulting with a, a shorter, kind of uh, very deep-voiced halfling who has kind of approached from the back or the sort of side door. There's a staff, like the uh, artist and staff entrance door, and uh, the two of them kind of begin discussing, like... I, I looked over your pyrotechnics recommendation. I, I don't think we can safely put that many in here. It's like... <laughs> It's in the other guys like, but Hugo's not gonna be too happy. Just, just the smaller ones, okay? We'll see what I can do about getting them set up. But this place is under reconstruction right now. We got a lot of uh, insulation revealed. And Hugo, you're kind of left to yourself and to kind of fix these automatons. Oh yeah, how? Do you approach them? Yep, I'll do it. So you kind of like look at the instructions and you begin looking at all the different plates that are on these sort of uh, constructs, these items that you had haggled with at a basically a junk shop. Um, you're not even sure really how the dude who sold them to you got them turned on, but since you turned them off, you've been having some trouble. Probably spending a good two minutes and reading the sort of uh, instruction manual that came with them. You you begin to kind of focus and kind of flip some diodes and you pull out like a rusty bit and, and kind of rub, rub off some uh, some corrosion and you pop it back in there, close the plate, stand back, and there's a... from the other one as well, as the two of them... face you. Yes, finally. Can't believe that worked. <sighs> miss those two i'll go what are orders uh guard me for now the two of them just one of them kind of you see a little spark fly out from beneath its ear the other one's light bulb kind of blinks and the two of them just kind of stand around you on either side just kind of cradling you okay i guess i'll consider that a win Mm. You try to move, and the two of them just shuffle with you. <laughs> Perfect. All right. As we prepare for the show, we've got two party members who are mingling into the crowd. Another who is getting ready for the most important show of his life. And we pan outside the building as we see some crates and delivery equipment by a few individuals wearing striped hats and overalls begin passing. We see another figure, Sky. Do you know uh, where I might find some of the more sophisticated clientele? They've requested a repair. You, you say this towards the sort of uh, contracting supervisor who's making the deliveries and says, Listen, kid. I'm the most fancy person you're going to be speaking to tonight. We got a simple job. Get in there, drop off these pyrotechnics, and get out. Are you sure? You're a new hire. I don't recognize your face. 
Right. Well, I was um, hired by your supervisor, and uh, they won't be very happy as the lighting seems to have gone out in the box seats. So I really should be getting up there. Could you direct me where they are? Roll me a deception check. Alright, that's 16. The dude is kind of like standing there a little bit puzzled, but kind of thinks about what you're saying and says, Alright, alright, alright. Just don't linger in there too long. I mean, if you're going to be stealing from the bar, pick something up for me too. Uh, head in there. Uh, speak to that, that short guy I spoke to earlier. Sure thing. And this dude, who is most definitely not your boss, let you through. You make your way inside of the space. And you come to a sort of backstage area. You see two figures, one a sort of shorter halfling having a sort of in-depth conversation with a taller Earth Genasi man. Uh, both of them appear to be very stressed about what's going on. And you kind of wait for a moment as they peer out of the curtain towards the sort of box seats above, and you kind of catch a glimpse, and they say, you hear the one say, I don't know if you know this, but Portsmouth Gilded will be in attendance tonight. The Portsmouth Gilded. And you kind of pick that up a little bit as confirmation that you are in the right place. Um, what do you do? I ask the um, manager if he could tell me how to get up to the box seats as I need to make an urgent repair requested by Portsmouth Gilded himself. <laughs> Portsmouth Gilded. Listen, you're a funny kid. No way I'm going to believe that. Anyway, uh, now if you're going to talk to anyone, speak to some of the management. That short halfling fellow, maybe. Thank you. He doesn't say you're welcome. Uh, all right. And yeah, so you are just going to kind of make your way out of that staff entrance into the space. And yeah, so you kind of like make your way beyond uh, Hugo and um, his manager. As you uh, kind of emerge from a door and you look on the other side, staff entrance. Actually, as you're making your way down that hallway, you have a moment where no one has eyes on you. Would you like to do anything? I think I'd just like to hurry along to the box seats as quickly as possible. All right. All right. So you're still wearing. So you're still wearing the uh, the sort of delivery person outfit. Yes. All right. So you make your way out of that, and you look behind, and you see it says artist and staff only, and you close that door behind you, and you come into a sort of crowded hallway as you see two forms uh, kind of filter through. You see a sort of taller bugbear form and a taller human uh, kind of crouch as they make their way, kind of cutting across the hall in front of you. Beyond them, you can see what looks like a flight of stairs that begins to head up to the higher balcony. Alright. I mean, I'll walk up the stairs. Alright. Um, as you kind of cut your way past, uh, you almost kind of bump into uh, the bugbear individual as uh, they're trying to like lower their staff through and uh, 
Soup, uh, you see someone dressed in an official-looking outfit uh, bump into you momentarily. Oh, oh, so sorry. Oh, dear. Um, uh, the, the size, the size, not used to it. Uh, yeah, pass through. Your, your way, your way. Go ahead. No, no problem at all. Thank you. Of course, of course. Of course. You, 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 you kind of just wave at the, uh, the woman as she walks past, and uh, Gienjin seems to kind of be filtering into the space. Cutting back to the two of you, uh, uh, what do you do as you make your way into this ballroom floor? You see a stage on one end and sort of two entrances that people can enter from. A balcony above seems to lead even further up as you can see what looks like a sort of box seat above it and kind of a catwalk about 50 feet up in the 60 foot high ceiling. You want to you wanna go, you want to have more of a top view or bottom view? I don't want to be on the dance floor, to be honest. You want to go up top? Uh, I honestly, I have no idea what I should be doing for these concerts. Yeah. Sure, let's go to the top. Yeah, let's go to the top. I, uh, I, I can't dance. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I can't really either. Who was well, that that you bumped into? I, uh, seemed like someone who worked here. I don't know. I, I don't, it's... Oh, all right. I'm bumping into people because I just, you know, I, I just don't want to cause disturbances. Not, not like I'm talking too much. I am so sorry. Uh, it's it's fun. Yeah, let's head all up right. here. Okay. All right. Um, so you kind of linger in that space and take in the sort of awe in the view before a minute later uh, turning back and deciding to reserve a space on the balcony. Meanwhile, on the balcony before you, we come to Sky once more. So far, no one seems to have recognized you or given you too much of a hassle. Though, you have just kind of emerged at the top of the staircase, and you can see many individuals dressed in their finest clothing, whatever that might be, seem to be filtering through and chatting. At one end, you can see an elven woman uh, behind a sort of like tiki bar sort of setup, seems to uh, be accepting coin and mixing drinks for people who order them. Um, I... On the other end, you see what looks like a sort of room, like a, a wall, like a drywall, basically built into the corner of the wall that seems to have a, another bouncer uh, standing just inside the door frame. And, and of course, there is a balcony that has about... Uh, Probably at this point, maybe about 20, 25 individuals of various ethnicities mixed a little bit in class, um, but none of them incredibly ostentatious, except for one who you see speak to the uh, the bouncer individual um, and seems to kind of flash a pass at them who they inspect and then kind of nods and hands the pass back and allows them to walk through. And you are standing on this balcony. Okay. Um, what would you like to do? Alright. I'll mingle among the crowd a bit, trying to get a little closer to that individual, just to see right. who they are. That, that particular individual kind of broke off. They seem to have been a fire ganasi. It's kind of hair that crackled like embers and kind of shaven on one side. Um, wearing a sort of uh, fine tuxedo. 
they have disappeared out of sight. Like they've they've gone up to the next flight of stairs that leads further up to the VIP lounge, if you will. But it seems like they needed a pass to get up there. Okay. Um, in that case, I will follow that person, assuming that I might find gilded in that VIP box. All right. So, so where are you following right now, or you're you're well, walking up to the door? Yeah. I mean, he went like up up the stairs, right past a guard or mm -hmm. something, who I assume I would need to talk to now. Yep. Yep. You you want to go ahead and approach. Um, this particular individual is a female half orc. Um, but you can also see inside um, is a human male who seems to kind of just be sitting bored on a stool within the space. And yeah, it's just kind of like a small area, you know, maybe no more than 15 feet on any side. Um, but there is a flight of stairs behind them that seems to be covered in a sort of a velvet carpet material. That seems like it was recently stapled down. Alright then, um, can I ask the, uh, the guard if I can go up, um, investigating some lighting issues? Looks up and says, I'm sorry, orders are quite clear, I uh, can't let anyone through. And, not unless I hear from the manager himself. Alright, well, I would like to inform this individual that uh, Mr. Gilded himself is not going to think too highly of this establishment if basic repairs can't even be made, and that the manager is a very busy man with better things to do, and I would also like to ask him if he would really like this to fall on him if I can't make the repair. The human man in the back um, kind of like raises it. You kind of catch out the corner of your eye, kind of raises an eyebrow for a second. Looks at you and just kind of bats an eye. You see uh, the, the half-orc woman just say, Listen, I don't get paid enough to know what you're talking about. Orders are orders. You don't got a VIP pass, and if a Randolph or Lazar isn't letting you through, my orders aren't to let anyone else. Okay. Um, in that case, I'll just lurk around the area and wait for an opportunity, I guess. Alright. Um, just roll me a general investigation check. That's um, a 20 plus 6, so 26. So you can see kind of two immediate routes that could potentially uh, lend you access from where you've accessed already. You see that uh, one is the, the staircase in front of you, but they seem to only be allowing uh, basically VIPs up into that section. Um, the other possibility, and you look up at this, you see there's a catwalk about... 30 feet above you, no, now about 20 feet above you, that uh, seems to ride all the way up until maybe the top of the box office, but is kind of slightly out of frame, unless someone pressed up against the window were to look up. 
you see it connects towards a set of ladders and platforms that seem to lead backstage. I'm sorry, backstage or to the box? There's a catwalk that connects from above where the stage area is okay. to where the box seats are. I see. Um, in that case, I'd like to make my way down and have a have a go at um, climbing over it into the box seat then. All right. Um, as you begin making your way out, uh, you see another individual make their way through. You see that this time it is a, uh, a half-elven woman um, dressed in uh, bright pinks um, that seems to kind of be looking through, kind of disgusted at all of the surroundings around her. Seems to, um, sticking out of her back pocket is a like, red piece of paper. It looks familiar to what the other person had passed before. And she's just, just looking around and says, Excuse me, do you work here? Um, yes. You look I like do. you look like you look like one of the worker class. I can't seem to navigate anywhere. I'm bumping into all these all these less fortunates. And and one of them stepped on my dress. Do you know how, where I'm supposed to gain access to the, the box suites? I can't seem to navigate this decrepit place. Could I see your um, your your ticket, please? Then I, I, I could help direct you. Um. She, yeah, I don't think a check would be needed for this. She kind of pulls it out and says, I, I've, "I've got this," and she just kind of holds it. Um, this is supposed to gain me access above, but so far, it's, I followed it. I followed the previous instruction. I ended up in the loo. Right, let me uh, look a bit closer. I need to see exactly what uh, level of the building your seat is on. And I, my eyesight's yep. not too good. So you look at the invitation and she kind of hands it to you and says, if you think it will help, um, you look and it says, um, it's like red paper that seems to be inscripted with gilded kind of gold uh, embellishment. And it says, uh, Hugo Brassleaf, live in concert, VIP pass. Courtesy of Mr. Gilded. Interesting. I think I know just where to take you. Let's talk to my associate over here. And I'd like to lead her back. Just roll me just roll me a deception check real quick. Cause this kind of goes from the point where she was kind of seeking help and then this is where you're kind of offering services. Um That's fourteen. Yeah, she is n not the type of person to doubt you at all. Um, and she says, My certainly, at least someone in here is competent enough to navigate this place. Well, yeah, she'll just kind of trail you. Where do you take her? I'd like to... Um, I'm still holding the uh, the golden ticket type thing, right? Yeah, she hasn't... Uh, she hasn't you, you haven't passed it back to her. So while holding that very visibly I would like to lead her back towards the guard um, at the bottom of the staircase and mm -hmm. attempt to get through once again um, in order to personally escort this this fine lady to her seat hmm 
All right, you approach the seat, and you hear, uh, yeah. You you would approach, and the woman would say, "Hello." Yeah, you're looking to change the light bulb again. Marcus, you take this one up. I'm going to go visit the little girl's room. And she'll just kind of break off, and the human man will kind of get up a little bit. And she'll just kind of wrap around. And she says, don't let this one give you any trouble. She'll make her way out. And the woman just looks and says, I can't believe how they treat you. I know, right? It's awful. You see the man kind of crack his back as he stands up. He has kind of wispy white hair. Um, and he looks at you and says, uh, younger though, younger though. Um, he looks at you and says, All right. Uh, Ma'am, pass. And she kind of like looks and says, Oh, yes, yes. And she goes to like reach for your pa the pass you're holding. I hold it forward, um, keeping it in my hands, but giving him full view of it. She, the woman just kind of like goes to reach it and you kind of move it out of the way. And she's like, oh, Fine, fine, fine. Um, and he inspects it, and he he does he, he has to inspect it and hold it. Um, as he's looking at it, he looks back and forth. All right, everything seems to be in order. He goes to hand it back to the woman. I take it back. Um. Um. <laughs> hmm. Roll me an initiative check, real quick. Okay. I'm bad already. <laughs> Sorry, just to see yeah. just to see who's faster on the draw okay that's that's a 13. she rolled a six um yeah, you snatch it out of the hand again and he says i'm sorry i'm sure i'm it's the the fine lady is the uh, only one who's granted entrance all right um i would like to try to convince this man that um he would not be looked upon favorably if this lady's experience were to be anything but uh, stellar. Which it will be if the lights are out upstairs. I guess kind of saying that, she kind of like raises her eyebrow and looks at him and says, Why, yes, you're not trying to rob me of an optimal experience, are you? She kind of glares at him. Uh, roll me a deception check with advantage. As she is technically helping you now. From how you worded. Five, and that's a 16. Um, so 19. 19. Hmm. Fair enough. Just, uh, I expect to see you down here soon. He kind of eyes suspiciously at Sky in a, a way that kind of sits off your spidey sense a little bit. And you see the woman just kind of looks exhausted and tired of all the little inconveniences to her big night out. And she'll just kind of shoulder past him and begin making her way up, kind of lifting her dress up. And she's got like these four inch stiletto heels that she kind of begins making her way up the velvet staircase on. And short little dainty steps. And yeah, you are allowed in your maintenance outfit. Um, your other outfit still tucked underneath. Uh, begin making your way up towards the chatter and den. 
of other people. Moving on to Hugo. Yay. Me. You see, um, remind, remind me of the name of your manager again. Jaren. Jaren, right. Jaren looks at you and says, <clears throat> I'm glad you to see that you figured out how to get the uh, machines to work. Well, you're on in you're you're on in a minute. Well, honestly, I think it was sheer dumb luck other than anything else. Maybe things will start to look up around here. Indeed. Mr. Blaze isn't uh who you speak to. Hmm. Why haven't you just gone to him for for an advancement? Why why haven't you called him? I mean you be able to sort this out. He helped you the first time in Look, your rise to glory. Don't let this worry you, all right? But I haven't been able to contact him in a couple of weeks now, almost months. You haven't been able to... Well, I mean, what is this? Is this man an alien? You should be able to... No matter, no matter. We focus on tonight. We deal with this. We get another gig. We don't ever have to worry about Mr. Blaze not returning your calls anytime soon. Of course. We can do this, Jaren. Relax, Hugo. I can't have you tense out there. It looks bad on my portfolio. Oh, yes, I was saying that for myself. He's already, like, kind of nodded, and he just kind of begins making his way out, and <laughs> he looks over at the halfling who makes his way around and says, All right, boss. Everything's in order. Just, uh, give me the go-ahead when your board's ready. Yes, yes, uh, certainly. Just, and you, and, and Hugo, you just maybe, like, hear this a little bit as you're kind of, like, practicing, and you're kind of buttoning your trumpet in your hand, just kind of practicing the motions of some of your songs. <laughs> and you just kind of hear him say, Yes. I'm worried, though, that this may be the last time that I get to work with him. I'll look over and sound a little... And... And then I'll uh, crack my knuckles and say, let's shine. All right. Breaking out to where Soup and Yenden are. The two of you have made your way onto the balcony. Would you have wanted to order any drinks? I'm going to go up to the bar. And, and once I can get the bartender's attention, I'm going to uh, get... You see, you see uh, the woman um, seems to be a half-elven woman with a uh, kind of whitish hair that seems to have been dyed purple at the ends and has one like blue streak going through and it's tied up into like two pigtails that kind of ride from the top of her head and she has like a septum piercing and a nose piercing and just many piercings over like half her face but none on the other side and she looks at you uh, with her lipstick that is pink on one side and blue on the other uh oh hello um hi i'm kira you Show's about to start. It's going to be kind of order. If you want to order drinks, now would be the best time to do that before I may not be able to hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, gosh, I don't know exactly what goes into this, but something back at the college, a really popular drink. Uh, do you, do you know how to make a vicious mockery? Uh, yeah, uh, certainly. <laughs> you know, you're, uh, you're speaking to the one who knows how to make vicious mockery. College of the Macabre. Uh, I recognize the pin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my, uh, my... This is my, my brother worked with them. Concert. Uh, one of the higher ups uh, got me a ticket. It's real nice. I love your hair, by the way. It seems electric. 
I, I love your, uh, she kind of like looks over the sort of fungus. I love your accessories. Uh, it's quite a, a fascinating color palette. Thanks, I grew them myself. Certainly, certainly. Um, and, and you, you, sir, she kind of gestures towards uh, Gienden standing uh, over six feet tall behind Soup. Um, uh, what would you recommend me? Oh, well, um, I don't know. Are you more of a a, a, a new type of drink person, or are you perhaps a uh, more classy sort of mixer? I do also have a, a couple of, of brews on tap. Um, I could get you something like that. What do you... Uh, keep going about the new drinker. Hmm. Have you ever tried a Cosmic Chaos? I can't say that I have. I think that... You'd like it. I take it your constitution is good? Uh, yes. How much is it? Um, for that, uh, you're, you're paying separately? Uh, yes. I think so. Um, I thought Jack in that was case... this. No? I forgot about Oh, I don't know. He didn't say anything about sponsors. No? <laughs> I think you two do have, like, a little coin purse on you if you want to pull from that, but Jack just bought you the ticket. Or, Jack basically donated you the tickets because he wasn't going to use them himself. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I got some extra cash on me. I, I Just just in case, I got them in the secret pocket. That uh, was good you, you, They're a little expensive. You can put them down for one charge. Basically a silver piece each. Yep. All right. And yeah, she'll mix, she'll mix you two uh, cocktails right up. You see one of them that uh, she serves soup is a uh, kind of uh, yellow, orange, and red sort of tiered pattern that has like a little uh, straw mixed into it and tiny little uh, circular ice cubes that rattle around as she kind of mixes it in the glass, but has a kind of a citrusy taste to it. For Gienden, she kind of mixes together like a sort of um, martini glass that is is much taller, so it has like a very angular cone. And inside is the sort of purple liquid that she mixes this sort of edible glitter into. And it has this sort of uh, galaxy nebula look to it um, as she uh, slides it forward to you and has a tiny little straw as well. Hmm. That looks really nice. Uh, thank you. Of course, you know where to find me. You may have to uh, speak a little close during the show, but I'll be here. Alright. I'll All right. leave a tip. And... Awesome. How much do you tip? Uh, what? Remind me, what's the equivalent of a copper? Um, coppers are called, uh, it's called, what is it? Bolts, charges, and bolts, charges. I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting my own world. <laughs> uh, zaps, what is it? Zaps, charges, and bolts, I think. Yeah, I'll leave, I'll leave two zaps as tip. One, one for each shrink. Awesome. Uh, yeah. You go ahead and you uh, leave that and she'll, she appreciates it and uh, she'll pick them up and drop them to a little tin she keeps behind the counter and she'll nod to you as uh, she goes to frantically serve the next person. As you hear a bassy voice echo through the crocodile's ball gown. Ladies and gentlemen, men, women, and those in between and beyond, orcs, halflings, Denizens of the swamp, denizens of the sky, we welcome you here tonight to Electroball to see Hugo Grassley 
live in concert. If you have any sort of Aether Tech communication devices, please be sure to silence them now. Thank you. And with that, you see the electric bulbs at the top of the room begin to dim and dim and dim until they don't go black, but just become so dim that you can actually see the uh, tungsten coils inside of them uh, glowing this faint orange through the sort of dirty lens of these old light bulbs. The entire space begins to kind of murmur and chat, and then it begins to die down, and it gets a little louder, and you hear someone just shout, Shut up! And it gets quiet again. <laughs> that was not what I was expecting. I love it. And then you see some light bulbs built into the stage begin to light up a bit more. Mirrors that uh, were affixed to them keep most of the light from shining out towards the crowd, but rather towards the bright red curtain. As the curtains begin to part. <laughs> and standing there, stepping out, I imagine, is Hugo Brassleaf. Hugo, you stand there looking out beyond the blazing spotlights towards dark faces stretching out in front of you, more beyond, in a lit, though slightly dimmed, box office. that you look to the right there's a sort of segmented window that makes up the rightmost third from where you are and you see a single chair and a figure standing there leaning on his armrest you can't really make up much detail of the figure from where you are and through the lights but you can make out exactly one figure standing in a viewing area casts their, their gaze upon you as you step out onto what will be the most important performance of your life. What's going through Hugo's mind right now? Anxiety. Much, mucho anxiety. But as a performer, he will put on a smile. And he will address the crowd as the lights go dim. And he will say, well, in all my adventures, nowhere, nowhere close to here have I come, but it is an honor to perform in such a place that has so, had so many you know, famous legends of music performed before. But I don't want to delay anymore. I'm quite excited to be at this performance. It's an honor to be playing for you. And I, I, I say this kind of tilted towards that lone figure saying it's an mm -hmm. honor to be play for you all and without further ado i'm gonna hold up my hand and use a little illusory flame coming out of it let there be light and with that there's whistles and hoots and hollers as you speak out and you can swear that you see the head tilt momentarily inside the box office seat or the uh, the, the box seat and as the cheers and hoots and hollers and, and clapping begin to die down, the lights fade only slightly, casting a moody glow around where you are. The curtain close behind you as a small halfling is pulling on the rope as hard as they can. 
Because <laughs> uh, apparently it is only Lazar who is doing all of the special effects. Of course. And you are now standing there, though. Just Let you. the band begin to play the first song. All right. And the little ensemble behind you, or the, uh, the, the track, basically, that had been kind of retrofitted. Um... Lazar in the back kind of like pops in a sort of cassette basically or the equivalent of one and the accompaniment begins kind of billowing throughout the chamber mm -hmm. as uh yeah I will you uh are... I'll bring bring yeah. my horn up to my lips I'll real quick uh give a test blow out to the side and shoot a little bit of fire and then and then I'll like a dragon billowing flame and you're gonna begin playing mm-hmm Hugo, with your confidence and how you presented yourself, you've pushed through the, whatever anxiety you have and can make a performance check. Hello? Oh, goddamn. Can I do it with advantage? <laughs> oh, no. What did you roll? I got a 10. Is it just Ten. me, or is that guy a bit short to be a performer? Real flashy, though. It's just, it's hard to see, and I got a squid. What do you think? Um, you begin playing. Hmm? Sorry, Yenden, you have a moment? Oh. With your bet? I, I've got nothing, really. <laughs> yeah, not too opinionated. It, it's jail. It's jail. I know people like you. Here we go. You begin playing one of your classic songs. And as you speak outwards, you hear the music and the trill and the, 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 the bass line as you kind of begin to feel it. And as you allow four bars, eight bars go in, you begin to kind of play in a very, maybe like a very Miles Davis-y style at first. One of your sort of classic sort of uh, backing tracks. And as you kind of go, you do hear like some sounds and hollers, but you do start to hear a little bit of murmuring from the crowd. You're doing good. You're impressing people, but it's not enough. You're not doing your best. It's it's not your best performance. It's not as good as it's going to have to be. Mm-hmm. I need you to roll another performance check. Thank you. As you try to switch up your strategy, That's you a little begin better, to improvise. Yeah. Oh. Is this like between songs? Nah. Nope, there's the same song. We got 14 this time, and I'd like to... jazz. Yeah, songs are like 6 to 12 minutes long. This is true. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to use my... Um, I'd like to use my prestidigitations to... to... effect, apply effects to whenever I do some important things as I go along. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what did you roll? I rolled 14. 14. It begins to pick up a little bit. And as you kind of break away from your old melody, you kind of use the similarities, some of the similarities of it to 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 build upon. And when people start to think that, oh, this is one of your classic songs, you deviate from it. You begin to add extra notes. You begin to kind of branch off, switch down to a lower octave. And everyone is just looking at this small halfling playing this trumpet, except for one, Sky. Concerts begun. 
don't know how much you feel about your taste in this music, but you uh, have a job to do, nonetheless. Music's not as much my thing, but uh, I can appreciate the skill involved. Yep. And as you make her way up, you see the woman just kind of darts off ahead of you. Um, invitation in hand, but you are momentarily left unseen in this corridor space. I'd like to um, look down the the hallway and see if I can see um, if there's a restroom or any area that I could quickly hide in to change. You want to continue going up? You 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 haven't reached the top yet, but do you want to go all the way up to the top of the stairs, or do you want to just quickly Clark Kent it as your you know I'll, I'll, I'll go while uh, Clark Kent that's what I'll do so, so you just kind of pop the overalls and you kind of take your dress that was kind of stuffed in there and you as you slide off the overalls your red dress spills down does Sky usually wear dresses or is that not usually her thing probably not but maybe on this occasion <laughs> You think of you think of Dimitri momentarily as he had come back from shopping in a small conversation that the two of you probably had. Trust me, this this is the best style my money could buy. Is it? But yeah, you flip it off. You take off the sort of worker boots and slip on a pair of heels. And what do you do with the the worker's outfit? I'll um wrap it up, kind of like. In, into itself, so it almost looks like a backpack or something. So, so I you just kind of stuff it in. And you just yeah. kind of stuff it in. And surely enough, there's a waste disposal bin at the top of the chamber, like on the landing, we'll say. Perfect. And as you make it way through, you just deftly toss in the ball of laundry into there as you kind of adjust yourself a little bit. Make sure your the makeup that you put on, the eyebrows and stuff, that kind of magically seem to have melded into your skin and changed and filled them out and yeah here you are you come into a balcony area uh, or into the VIP lounge you see that this area houses both an open bar as well as a spirits bar as well as a spread of exquisite foods about 12 guests litter the area you see three of them that stand out. There's a fire ganasi man you saw before. Uh, you saw... Um, a sort of non-binary person uh, who seems to have sort of darker skin and a sort of wide, heavier build. And you also see a shorter halfling woman who is like... You see that she kind of like punches one or the other guests in the knee as he kind of cripples to the ground and she kind of gets closer to get a better look out the window and towards the uh, the concert and he just kind of looks and she gives him a glance and he just walks away from her. You see that there is a door on the left side that seems to be locked and as you are about to make your way into the room something happens. Hugo you're playing your song as you hear a shout behind you, behind the curtain. What do you say? What do I? What does the shout say? Uh, it's it just, just like, like a, a what? Oh no! Um, the lights in the chamber 
all begin to glow brighter and brighter until they become almost blinding. Soup, Gienden, those of you in the crowd begin to kind of squint as the lights above you begin to glow brighter just as Hugo's heat was picking up the energy of the song began to billow and as that happens the light glows brighter and brighter and brighter Hugo you say anything? I Who's keep Gendon? playing I in fact use si silent is, is this supposed to happen? happen? Uh, I, I, I don't know I mean I heard concerts are flashy uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn around for a moment it's not much for me it's like um, looking into a spotlight really almost at this point, and everyone kind of begins to murmur. But Hugo, you're you're kind of getting to the point where you're thinking maybe this isn't part of the special effects that were supposed to happen. And just as you're having that yeah. moment, it glows brighter momentarily as you like... hear the sound of glass breaking, and you see flashes of purple light as they as a burst of light and energy begin to billow out and everyone kind of shouts as some glass shards rain from the ceiling that rain from the stage as about half the lights in this chamber explode and you start seeing oh, that within the interior this purple like lightning that you see like the arc stones energy that powers electrovolt arcs out but it's dark and kind of purplish in color and as you see it kind of snakes around your your concert stopped at where you are. Like, do you stop playing or do you continue to make the show go on? Where would you go to? I'm gonna continue to play. Um, you you I'm hear gonna, a voice. I'm gonna start positioning myself. I'm gonna start positioning myself in a place that uh, I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna subtly be like moving over to the exit in like the stage door just in case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, you're starting to make your way out, and and as you are moving out, you see a hand behind you startle you as you ripping past the curtain is um is Jaren who uh, looks at you and says, "You go. I don't think they're supposed to do that." Um, as he begins to scurry away and you see the curtains burn with this purple lightning that begins to cause them to melt away and behind them are two janky looking automatons whose energy seems to be glowing not with the sort of incandescent sort of yellowish golden glow before but a sort of purplish electronic darker glow must pr protect, 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 protect as the two of them begin arcing this black lightning around them and they begin to, one begins to charge towards Hugo and the other one towards the crowd and I need everyone to roll initiative. Shit. The heck? Oh. I don't think that's supposed to happen. <laughs> I mean, have you ever been to another concert like this? I don't know, but I I'm just going to stay back for a moment. Out of character, I rolled a one. Wow. I've got a 10. Got a 15. Boy, oh boy. Let me roll initiative for these guys. Oh, good. They rolled terrible, too. All right. Uh, Gienden. Huh? Gienden, remind me what you roll. I rolled a 10. All right. Hugo. I rolled Still playing. 15. All right. Guy. For now. I rolled a one. 
Um, what's your uh, dexterity modifier? You should look under initiative, it will say what you have. Uh, it's a uh, plus two. So you rolled a one plus two, so three. Three. Soup. I rolled a flat one, baby. Uh, okay, and no bonus? No bonus. All right. I guess it's only appropriate that Hugo is given the first chance to respond to all of this. One of so... them is basically right on you and the other one in there. And it, the one on you is just looking at you with its head twitching going, Protect, protect, protect. Is it trying to attack me? Um, it looks like it's, it's running towards you with its arm ex uh, outstretched and you react like as soon as it comes within five feet of you. Hmm. Well, that's... I can't tell if it's actually trying to protect me or not. I'm assuming... Uh, you see that it's sparking this purple lightning that burnt the curtains away. It's probably not trying to protect me. Hmm. Eldritch Blast! Alright, um, you, you, it's coming right on you, so as you go ahead and you, you stop the song for just a moment, you put the trumpet up to your lips and go ahead and roll to hit with disadvantage as it is bearing down on you. Nice. Disadvantage with... Oh, great. Um... Oh, eight. Eight. You, the shot goes wide. The sort of orange blast of energy seared with flame um, ends up striking another corner of the ballroom. Uh, not just, you know, the lightning just kind of burnt and vaporized parts of the curtain away until they fell down. Part of the curtain now catches fire as uh, your shot goes wide, unable to train it onto your malfunctioning bodyguard. Nice. Anything else with your turn? You have a bonus and move. Um, yeah, I'm going to move to the other side of the stage. All right. As you back away from this guy, uh, it's going to take an attack of opportunity at you as it shouts, Protect! Of course. Um, it's going to make a that attack. A what attack? Uh, roll the 22 to hit. Uh, yeah, what do you think? Um, as you go away, it tries to, like, tackle you and ends up, like, slamming its arm into the ground, sending you sprawling away as it just kind of tries to grab you, like, um, an adult a child. Uh, that is going to be six points of bludgeoning damage. Yowza! As you feel your shoulder kind of... and crack. Mm -hmm. But you do back away from it, and it goes ahead and turns its head towards you, kind of, like, leaning down where it was, but just the head turns kind of exorcist style and looks at you and says protect uh, oh boy Yendon alright I'm sitting up on the balcony um I'm gonna try and start making my way down to the lower level to get to in, into the front of the crowd and start you were so close yeah I know <laughs> Make my way downtown. <laughs> Yendon. Oh, come on. Yendon. Really? Yendon. You, so you want to, so you're, you're, you're on the balcony right now. You're going to try to leap down? I'm not going to try and leap down. I will take the stairs. He wants to start <laughs> right. walking fast. Yeah. All right. So you begin walking fast. Do faces pass? The faces pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, as many of them seem intent on being homebound, uh, you make your way 
towards it, and you kind of see kind of dropping um, the sort of mixing bottle um, is uh, Kira. Um, and she, like, looks at you as you just immediately, like, a, a, a first responder on the scene, kind of shoulder past people, apologizing, and slip down. With your movement, you're going to dash? Are you going to dash? Yeah, I'll dash. All right. Um, let's see. One, two... And with your movement, you can basically push through, um, run around the stairs, lap around, and you are about about 40 feet from the stage at this point. Okay. But you do manage to, with all your movement, uh, which is 30 feet, get down there and begin seeing one of these malfunctioning constructs that had burnt down the curtain and caused the distress immediately after the strange electrical episode with the purple electricity. Okay. Begin, uh, begin kind of arcing with this power and as people begin to flinch as it seems like the lightning's about to surge towards them. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna shout at them. Get out of there! Alright. Um, some people who are just kind of paralyzed by it all like, look at you, um, as you kind of call that out. And some of them who were otherwise just frozen there in surprise and fear um, begin to move. All right. Um, Sky. You have a bonus action? No. I've, all right. Yeah. Sky, you were up in that booth as soon as you saw all of this go on. People begin shouting. You start hearing some of the uh, guests saying, What's going on down there? Are people, people, people getting hurt? We're all safe down here. Don't worry about it. Oh, this is odd. They're ruining the show. Definitely being very uh, self-obsessed in their conversations down below. The one halfling woman who you saw kneecap the other dude just kind of goes, Interesting. Wonder if I can get one of those. What do you do, Sky? I'd like to take advantage of the confusion to look around and see if I can see um, Gilded anywhere. Roll me a perception check. Okay, it's 17. 17. Um, you were described that Mr. Gilded is a man, you know, who usually wears a sort of tall top hat. Um, has a kind of earthy skin, but with veins of gold running through it, kind of like that of ore. You look at all the individuals here, there's like a fire ganasi, and maybe you see one more earth ganasi, but they kind of got black onyx skin. Um, none of these individuals seem to resemble them. You look, though, and there is a door kind of to the left of where a lot of the seating is, and there is a... Uh, it, it seems that that continues on into the VIP section, but it is closed. You do not know if it's locked. I see. Can I check if it's... I, can, I, can I try the handle? I will say. Um, you can move your way over. You still would have your bonus action, but I'd say it's your movement to kind of take that moment to inspect the scene. Um, oh, I'm like far away. Okay. Yeah, you're on the other side, so you do have to move like 20 feet to get over there. Oh, I see. Okay, uh, then I'll yeah. move over there then. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you go ahead, you kind of scoot around uh, your your dress kind of billowing behind you. And yeah, you go ahead and try to uh, try the lock, but it is indeed 
locked. You cannot see an immediate locking mechanism on this side. Seems to be the extra VIP section. The, 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 the Platinum Plus. Okay. Um, do I, sorry, were you saying that I had to use my bonus action to move, or... You have your bonus oh, action if you'd okay, like to sorry. do something with it, but... I misunderstood what you said. Can I, okay, can I ask you, do I have, like, any equipment on me right now? I think any of the equipment you have on your sheet that you would usually have, you have on you, but you're kind of a okay. spy in disguise right now. Okay, I mean, I was wondering where I would I be keeping it, but, um... Yeah. So you probably, like, have below your knee your sort of, like, these tools if you wanted to have that. Um, but I don't think you can pick a lock as a bonus action. Oh, I wasn't going to try. I was going to hit it with something. Okay. Well, we'll get there uh, next turn if that's okay. Yeah. Now it is the Aether Blight's turn. The Aether Blight armor, or the Aether Blight automatons, they, one of them... You see, in Sky, you're in position to see this now, because right before you just kind of saw the flash and the curtains burn away. And as you get a better look, all of you see this, especially Gienden, as you see the thing just begin to go berserk and slam into people. It's going to make two slam attacks against the crowd. First one, it goes to duck against one person that Gienden basically yelled at to, to get out of there. And you see uh, this sort of older man... Um, maybe in like his uh, mid fifties, I should actually say, um, who, who who you know kind of like stumbles back in that process, and as he moves, the thing just kind of swipes, and as it goes, it slams with its other attack. Um, that one doesn't hit as well. I literally rolled a two and a three. However, Each creature within 10 feet, so Gienden is outside of that, needs to roll a dexterity saving throw, so I'll just roll a general one for the crowd. You see, um, as the lightning bursts out, you see this black energy strike out, and four individuals that are near it just get struck by lightning and fall to the ground, sizzling, unmoving. Ooh. As you hear it say, Protect intruders! Protect Hugo Brassleaf! Property of Hugo Brassleaf. No. <laughs> oh, no. The other one looks over at you and says, Protect. Mm. And is going to run up and try to hug you. With its fists. Hugo. Very strongly. Uh, 13 to hit. Uh, that is my AC. Does that mean it hits or misses? Uh, it hits. Darn Six it. damage. What? Six damage. Again? Mm -hmm. That's not good. Next attack. Ten to hit. That does not hit. Thank goodness. I would have died. And then it is going to use its Aether Blight Discharge, so I need you to roll a Dexterity saving throw. What the heck? <laughs> Why do you do this to me? Protect. Property of Hugo Brassleaf. Eight. You take okay. You only take two points of lightning damage. However, you suffer one level of exhaustion uh -huh. as you see it strike into you. Are you still up? Uh, yes, I'm still up, but I don't know how to factor in exhaustion. I've never done that before. Um, look under conditions on D and D Beyond. Um, yeah. Okay. And you should be able to set to level one. As you feel this thing run through you, you just feel the vitality sapped from you, 
as your own sort of uh, biological circuitry seems to almost be drained by this strange purple lightning. Um, and I, it's actually, uh, you ran in the same direction as uh, Jaren. I'm going to roll for him. He manages to kind of leap to the ground um, and kind of back out of the way, avoiding a rogue bolt of the strange purple energy. Though they're the armor's turn. Soup. All right, so how far am I from the stage? You you can, you you, you see, like, as you're looking am at I it within, all... If I'm, am I within 60 feet? Um, hold on one second. So, uh, just to set the scene for a second. Um, actually, let me check the time. Okay, we, we'll do your turn, and uh, we'll call a break there. Okay, um, where you are right now, um, you see the construct uh, basically lash out at the main performer. You see another one basically chanting its name as it seems to be attacking the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, you look and you see Gienden has already uh, broke away from you and has emerged downstairs. And I believe, yeah, it is within 60 feet. Let it me just double check the distance. I just double check where you are. One, two, three. One, the furthest one is 55 feet away from you. Furthest one is 55 feet away from you. It is a big, big concert hall. But you have to like lean over the balcony basically to reach it. All right. Okay, so I'm gonna start off with my bonus action. I'm gonna bonus action healing word Hugo, and I'm gonna say, you can keep running with those legs, little man. You can, you still got it in you. Keep going. <laughs> so as you you offer these words of encouragement from the crowd, go ahead and roll your healing. Healing word or vicious mockery? <laughs> healing word in one hand, another vicious mockery in the other. You still got your drink. Just taking a good old sip of that. The show's only been going on for about three minutes. <laughs> All right, that's seven healing to you. Ooh. Bless. And then I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna pull pull a soup, and I'm gonna use one of my wild shapes to do um, symbiotic entity, and I'm gonna jump off the balcony. All right. So as you kind of leap off the balcony, just roll me a dexterity check, if you will. It is a thirty foot drop. That's why I activated this as I'm falling. All right. All right. That's an eleven. Um, 11, I'll say that is enough, uh, to land on your feet. Um, you take six points of damage, so as you kind of jump down, you kind of manage to Mary Poppins some of your, uh, your, your spore energy as these sort of thick spores begin to kind of grow over you like a layer of armor. I get a you little stick cushion. Your st- you, yeah, yeah, you, you like summon like a, a cushion beneath you and as uh, you land down a mushroom rapidly grows up and you land on it as it just crushes and deflates and decomposes rapidly. Yep. And I'm going to use the rest of my movement to start making my way through the um, to the one in the crowd. So as you begin making your way through the crowd, the crowd is very panicked at this point. Traveling through them is considered difficult terrain. Alright. I'll say after leaping off the balcony you've got maybe about I'll say you have 20 feet left. Um, you get about 10 closer. All right. All right. Um, and with that, we are going to take a little break and uh, come right back into it. You've been listening to Electroval, as featured on Dice Carnival. 
We appreciate your support in listening and leaving us a good rating. Please consider subscribing and following us on Twitter. Music is used with permission by This Way to the Egress. All links are in the description below. And no matter where you are, keep it up. You're doing great. See you later.